you're not attracting great people to even get into the hiring process or you're allowing suboptimal people to get through, you need to actually internalize your belief systems. If you don't believe you deserve to have great team members that are bought into your vision, bought into your mission, that align with your core values and come every single day and breathe fire, you're gonna need to address that. We're looking for personality first and skills second, because you can train skills into somebody, but you can't change who they are. You can't change their life experiences, who raised them, where they grew up, what they do in their in their off time, their hobbies, what they value as a person. That comes in, you know, whether you like it or not. So you have to, you know, be a gatekeeper and make sure that you like what you see in that person. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. This is your hosts, Dustin Bogle and Matt Wilbur, and we're super excited to continue our series that we've been doing week by week. Now, for you guys, our listeners, gym owners, we're talking to you. We are on a mission to help you go from coach to CEO, and we want you to get into that place where you really feel like you own a business and it's not requiring you to be heavily involved in the day-to-day -day operations. And so this is a series continuation all about hiring your dream team and bringing the best people on board. So we've definitely been talking about like places to find coaches and, you know, who you are as a leader to make sure you attract people that align with your vision and values. So today we're going to be diving into another very important aspect of the recruiting process. And that is the actual like screening and interviewing and just the whole hiring process overall. And I'm super excited to dive into this. So Matt, I'm gonna let you kick things off, man. I know you have an amazing dialed in hiring process. So that's why I'm excited to go through this with you step-by-step step, because I would guess that over the years, you've hired hundreds of people now and you've got plenty of reps. So you've probably gotten a good idea of how to make this work. Um, so take it away, bud. Lots of practice, lots of mistakes. And, yes. and honestly, 80% of your success in your fitness business is who you let through your front door because your coaches are your product. And I know you see this and I see this all the time is a lot of people, when it's time to hire, we get desperate. We don't have a process and we Been let that. the wrong people in our business and it costs us greatly. Obviously you're in pain. You want to hire somebody. You want to get rid of that pain. So you're just going to hire somebody. But then the pain that it costs you is way more if you would have just done it correctly and hopefully after today, you see a process that works. So this is this is a tested process. Obviously, there's some nuance to it that we can't go into detail on a podcast unless we're going to be here for two hours. But I want to give you my process. Dustin will give you his process. Uh, but together, I can't imagine how many people we've hired, how many mistakes that we had. And just imagine if we had this when we first started. Um, so we're going to get right into it. But before you start thinking about your hiring process, the first thing you want to do um, is really define who you're looking for. I know when I first started hiring, I was looking for degrees. I was looking for uh, work experience. I wasn't really looking at what's the person, what's the characteristics, what's going to be a culture fit, um, who am I looking for? And really was the first person that I felt could do the job was the first person that got hired and I just look back at all the mistakes that I made at the very beginning. So much of it was I, I never got clear. I never had the clarity of who's the type of person that I want interacting with my clients on a daily basis, because that person is going to influence the thoughts, the beliefs, and the feelings that that person has about my business, about my livelihood, right? They are the they are your brand. So putting that time and energy into it. So here's my profile. I'd be very curious to hear what your profile kind of looks like, Dustin, but they need to be passionate about serving others through fitness. If they're not passionate about serving other people, they're not going to be a good fit because the hours are hard. 
the amount of energy that you have to put into people is really, really hard. People are plugging into your coaches on a daily basis. And if they don't have a servant's heart, it's going to be very, very, very clear. And they're going to drop the ball on so many things. And clients are forgiving for a lot of things, but the minute they think you don't care, that is where you start losing clients. That is where the coaches lose the respect. And there, there's really no coming back from that. Fitness has to have had a profound impact on their life. I know fitness had a profound impact on your life, Dustin. It's had a profound impact on my life. It's why I'm passionate about helping and serving other people is because I know the gift of fitness. I know what it's like to go from being insecure to feeling confident. I know what that does to somebody's life. And I want to deliver that to everybody. So the, the best coaches that we've ever had, fitness has had a profound impact on their lives. So we're always looking for that story. Why are you passionate about being inside of this industry? They have to have great energy. Not that they say they have great energy, but they actually have great energy and they make you feel a certain way when they're around. Because if they have great energy in the interview process, they make you feel a certain way, they're going to also do that for your clients. They need to be humble, hungry, and smart. Uh, we got this from Patrick Lencioni, but that's really what you want in your team members. You want them to be humble. You want them to be hungry and you want them to be smart. Not book smart, but people smart. And you got to interview for these things. They need to be a culture fit. Typically, if they're humble, hungry, and smart, they're going to be a culture fit. But really with that, do they align with your values as a company? And then are they going to get along with everybody else? Are they going to be likable? Is everybody going to like that person? Because somebody can be a great trainer, they can be a great coach, but if they can't get along with your team, you're going to have a lot of infighting and a lot of problems that then is going to bleed into your products. Um, ideally, I found our best team members played sports from a very early age because when you play sports, you have to be a good team member. Some of our worst hires ever are people that have never played sports. They're used to being on their own. They're kind of loners. They're, they tend to be selfish. Doing bodybuilding, for example, is not a team sport. That is an individual selfish sport. So people that are really into bodybuilding, really into themselves, never work well in a team environment. At least I have not seen that to happen yet. And then, you know, from that profile too, we're looking for no red flags. Meaning, does this person have the potential to ruin our culture and really have a negative impact on our business? So we're looking at their, their work history and a lot of the, the issues and the problems that they've had in their life, issues and problems that they've had in past employment, issues and problems that they've had with past management, because guess what? History repeats itself. So you're trying to find history uh, of red flags. So obviously we want to hire somebody with no red flags. So that's really the profile that, that we are looking for. And then the interview process is all about finding that person. And we'll go into that. What else do you have for that uh, profile, Dustin? Yeah. Some things that you know, it might be that our gyms are in like different areas. So we're exposed to different types of people. But I, I I have always found a lot of people who applied from a military background, you know, we are near bases, our gyms or like military towns. And so I really align well with those people because of their work ethic, their history of having to do fitness, you know, in that world, and it translates easy. They studied leadership, some of them are exposed to good and bad leadership. And yeah, they, they're definitely like a great group of people. I love working with veterans and people who are even, you know, some active military. One third of our team, we did the math, is military background. So that's something that I would throw in, you know, for people who are near that those that group of people and they can work with them. And I want to say that, you know, we we come up with little one-liners. That's that's just also how I am. I'm kind of like punny and I come up with little zingers and one-liners. So there's two that I use when it comes to you know, screening really quickly with a team member. Like they, they can go through a 30 or 60 minute process with them, but I can ask them two questions and that quickly you know, articulates to me how they felt about them. So the first one is, did it feel like a hell yes or a hell no? And so if you are not excited to get this person on the team, then you have to just admit it's a hell no. If you're like, well, they need a little bit of work and we can work with them in this way, you know, I get it. Like if you're in a place where you, you're maybe you're hiring on a budget and you're not going to ever find a hell yes, like you got to kind of find a moldable person, but preferably who they are energetically, their 
they're they're attractive in their power and and that they want you you want to hang out with this person and you you know that the clients will like fiend to come to the gym to be around them because they don't care about the exercise selection they're coming to be around that person and so if you feel that hell yes energy build a team of them and that's why i think i get compliments on my team is because it's just people that i ask myself do i feel like a hell yes or a hell no and you know another way to say this same thing but a different line um is if they're not gold, we hold. And so, you know, essentially, like you said, when you want to get out of pain, you want someone, the team's like having to pick up more slack. We're all doing extra work. That's just what I say. Like, hey, we, you know, like we got to hold off until we find that gold person because we're trying to take a rock and rub it until we see some gold beneath the surface. Like we're going to be, you know, rubbing it all day. Like we need to find someone that is gold from the get go. And, you know, I think a lot of what we're saying here is we're looking for personality first and skills second, because you can train skills into somebody, but you can't change who they are. You can't change their life experiences, who raised them, where they grew up, what they do in their in their off time, their hobbies, what they value as a person that comes in, you know, whether you like it or not. So you have to, you know, be a gatekeeper and make sure that you like what you see in that person. But yeah, we, we're almost identical, Matt, on our on our profile, because I think we look for the same type of feelings we're trying to elicit to our clients. And so this person you outlined would exactly elicit those feelings for our clients. Yeah, and I've been in many, many gyms and, uh, and a lot of times I go into the gyms because people are like, hey, can you come and check this out? Can you give me feedback? Can you and uh, some of the coaches aren't good. Right. And you go in and you're like that coach isn't good. Like that person doesn't their energy is not good. You can tell they don't really about, want to be there. It's just a job. And then the owner were going, well, they have a degree and they got this certification and they did this and they did. I'm like, that doesn't matter. Or loyalty. But no, Matt, they've been here a long time. I've been, that coach has been on my team two years. You know, like, what does that have to do with anything? Like we need to create a, an experience and I'm sorry if they've been here two years and they're not living to the highest standard. But yeah, I agree with you. Like there, there's things that, you hear a gym owner make an excuse or a reason of why they're here and something's got it. If nothing changes, nothing changes is essentially what you could say. Yeah. To them. Okay. If you keep keeping them on your team and no change is made, you will stay at the same place in business. <laughs> One of the, the reasons why we talked about starting with you as a leader first is there's just a lot of people that don't have a high standard for who they hire. And a lot of that goes deep internally into your belief systems. Do you believe you deserve to have great team members and part of Believing that you deserve to have great team members is knowing that you provide a lot for them. You're going to grow and develop them, and it's in their best interest to to come and work for you. So part of it, too, is if you're not attracting great people to even get into the hiring process or you're allowing suboptimal people to get through, you need to actually internalize your belief systems. If you don't believe you deserve to have great team members that are bought into your vision, bought into your mission, that align with your core values and come every single day and breathe fire, you're going to need to address that. But we're going to get into our nine-step hiring process. Yes, nine steps. A lot of people's process is like one step. Um, are they breathing? Let's hire them because uh, we we need them. Um, and that's the worst thing that you can do. And I say that jokingly. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But we've worked over a decade now to really perfect our hiring process and I promise you, if you implement this nine-step process, it may feel long, it may feel tedious, and you may be going, do I really need to do all that? And the answer is yes. If you want people that come on board that are bought into your vision, bought into your mission, or a core value fit, fit your culture, and are on fire about what they do every single day, you need to follow this process. Obviously, me and Dustin may not have the exact same process, but we have the similar process. So anything that's a little bit different, for Dustin, he will uh, fill that in. But step one, we pre-screen their resume. And this may seem simple, but at this point, we do look at their experience, not just do they have a certification, not just how many fitness jobs have they've had, but really looking at their work history and starting to look at the red flags. We know the profile we're looking for. Can we exclude people as fast as humanly possible and not waste our time or our energy on those people? So they've hop from job to job over and over and over again, what do you think they're going to do to you? You're not a magic unicorn. History will repeat itself. Yes, there's some circumstances sometimes, but the majority of the time, 
history will repeat itself. So if you find somebody that's been in a job for three months and then three months and then two months and then three months, they're going to do the same thing to you. Either they're just jumping from job to job or they're being let go from job to job, which obviously you don't want that. Um, something that is a massive bonus um, is the people that have been true home runs, the, the gold that Dustin was talking about, they've always submitted a cover letter without us asking for it. So I don't like to make it mandatory. I like to see, does that person take the extra step? Are they, are they hungry for a job? And are they smart, intelligent enough to go, hey, this is something that an employer would like. I'm going to go above and beyond because that is a smart action, right? So not just doing exactly what was submitted, but they go above and beyond from, from the very beginning. And we have found that typically those people are the, the home runs. Um, they follow directions, but they went above and beyond. Next, this is the ultimate save yourself time and energy in the interview process. So if we think that they could be, if we have any inkling that we think they would be good, we move to a video interview process and it's automatic. We use a software called Spark Hire um, and it's a series of six questions. So the person will, will email them and say, hey, you've moved to the next step. The next step is to answer six questions on this platform. They do actually have to download some software and then they have to record themselves. And then those videos, uh, my wife does all the hiring. She watches those videos. And it's, I don't have to try to schedule a time to pre-screen them on the telephone. And the amount of time that you'll do that is crazy. And then you don't really get a, a good picture of that person from a telephone call. But I'll get a great picture of that person and feel for that person in that video. Um, so with that... Um, if they can't figure out how to download some software and, and do a video in the gyms, we have software that we use. You're not going to be a good fit, but you're also not hungry if you're not willing to go through the effort uh, to download it and then be able to take those videos. Right. If you really want to work for us, you will take that action. Um, and then you get to see you get to see their energy. You can feel their energy. You can see their body language. All that stuff you can't tell on a, uh, a telephone call. And then we're also wasting zero time trying to get on a phone call with them. And then we also get to see, do they do the video in a day? Does my wife have to remind them five different times to, to yeah. do this video? Right? Like those are all part of the interview process because what they do when they're looking for a job, they should be at the hungriest that they've ever been. You're going to get their best foot forward in the interview process, right? So if you're nagging them to fill that out or do the actions, what do you think you're going to do once they become on your team, right? And then you're not supposed to judge people, but you get to see, do they look the part as a coach and a trainer? And, you know, ultimately the person's 50 pounds overweight, like you're probably not going to move forward because your clients will judge, Right. Obviously, there's a reasonable range, but if somebody looks like they've never worked out a day in their life and they want a job as a personal trainer, like there, there's no sense in moving forward with that person. If there's an HR person on here, I never said that. All right. Step three. Do you have anything to add on that, Dustin? Uh, all good stuff. I think one thing that um, that we do that, uh, yeah, I think what I want to caveat here is you did mention you guys use lots of software. So if you guys don't, then you know this is going to screen out a lot of people. So if you don't use a lot of software, you literally have your coaches come in and coach, and there is none. Then maybe you're not as particular about that. Something to consider again: take what we say and implement it into how your business is set up. We do. We use like yeah, Zoom, Google Calendar, you know, apps. Like there are a lot of things we do too. So we need someone with good um, software skills. But yeah, I was going to say how quickly they communicate. I've also noticed that the people who respond back and forth quickly are people we hire because we're like, this is what it's like to work with them. If we're like, hey, client needs this. No problem. I'm on it, coach. And like they're just zing, zing, zoom. And it's like I message them. They write me a week later. You're literally getting to shop what your clients are going to get. I'm, your client's going to say, hey, coach, I'm frustrated. I'm not seeing results. A week later, they get a response. Does that feel like care? And I think speed of communication is a form of caring. And when I'm shopping that on the interview process, I'm making sure my clients are going to get speed of care and that they're 
quick to respond. I don't want people working like 24 hours a day, but when they are working, we're working and we're serving and we're taking care of our clients. Right. So that, that was yeah. the only thing I was going to point out that I love that you brought up. Yeah. For us, like the whole reason, like, obviously I went through the reasons for the video stuff, but it, it just saves us so much time oh. and being able to weed out people in five minutes versus like the, the normal process that, that most people, cause we used to, we used to have a full-time HR manager that spent I, like 50% of her time just trying to get on the phone yes. with somebody that was interested in a job. And then you don't even know if they're going to be qualified or not. So you're, you're spending all the I've been on energy. Zooms or phone calls where I know in five minutes, I do not want to be on anymore because they're not a good fit, but I'm trying to be polite. So I'm trying to at least get to maybe 15 or 20 minutes. So they don't know in five minutes why right. am I ending this? So yeah, if I get a video in advance, we just never even book it. And that saves a ton of time. So yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> with the video, like the first video, it's like two minutes. It's like, hey, catch us up to speed on, you know, who you are and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like within 30 seconds, you're like, nope. Right. But now yeah. you didn't waste all this time and energy. All right. Step yeah. three, we do an in-facility visit. Basically, we let them know. We say, hey, come Come check out a workout and, and see if this is something that you'd even be interested in in pursuing. Um, so we schedule them in. We have lots of locations. So we schedule them into a specific location where that team is highly trained on what to do with that person. So that person thinks they're coming in to get a workout and seeing what they think of us as a company. Like they're test driving us. But in reality, it's a massive part of the interview process. And that's the thing is everything needs to be a part of your interview process. And when they do that, they let their guard down and they're going to act like them tr their true selves, which is what you want. Because typically in an interview process, they know they're in an interview process. They're, they're dotting their I's, crossing their T's. They're the best versions of, of themselves. Where when you put them in that environment with team members and they don't think it's the interview process, you will start getting the real down. But they're going to do a workout. In the workout, like, can they actually work out or is their form absolutely terrible? Do they take direction from the coach or do they like challenge the coach or like passively aggressive, take the feedback from the coach? Um, do they interact with clients? Do they give them high fives? Do they, they give good energy? Again, that's going to be their job. They don't realize that this is part of the interview, but who is their natural self? Or are they kind of like in the corner hanging out by themselves and they don't want to be around anybody, right? Um, so those are massive things. And then our coaches are trained to ask them questions afterwards, really getting to the root of like the, the true reasons why they're looking for a job, but also like maybe they will open up about some of the stuff that they want in a job and it doesn't align with what, what we're actually looking for, because it's amazing how open and honest they are with the coaches. Cause again, they don't feel like it's a part of the interview process. And it's kind of like, I'm hanging out with my peers I'm not hanging out with like upper leadership or the owners or any of that. So one of the keys to a great interview process, and I learned this a long time ago from Dave Ramsey, was you want to put people in different environments and then you're going to start to really get to know their true selves. Like one of the things, too, is uh, one person did great in their interview, but they were like they weren't very humble with the front desk person. They talked to the front desk person when they walked in, like they were lesser than. And I was like, you just, you just screwed up. Like you're, you, there's nothing you can do to overcome that because that is who you are. You have a character problem. Like the minute you think you're better than somebody and you're not smart enough to realize that is a team member and you're going to talk down to them or not give them the time of day because you don't think they're a decision maker or they don't have power. You lack the character that we need on our team. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, all of those things are signs. We're looking for the red flags. We're looking for personality type. We're looking for the person that spreads energy and has a good vibe. They come in smiling and they're happy and they're excited to be there. Uh, I learned this lesson uh, from Richard Branson, who's a billionaire, he's like, hire what you want. If you want somebody that smiles, hire somebody that smiles. If you want somebody that has good energy, hire somebody that has good energy. He's like, it's not rocket science. Uh, but we tend to overlook those things. But part of it goes back to the first step. Know what you are looking for and then set up the interview process for that. If they make it past that, we go to a formal interview 
uh, where it is a sit down. My wife does the the formal interview because she does a good job because she does a lot of the stuff that that we'll talk about here in a second in the in the interview. But again, you're looking the interview questions and process needs to go back to what is your avatar? What are you looking for? Really trying to now find the the red flags that are going to destroy your culture and destroy your company. And the selling is over. You are done selling. You are done hyping. You are trying to actually paint a real picture of what it looks like to work in your company and, and really saying, hey, we work really hard here. It's really challenging to work here. In the past, when I was in the interview process, and this was a massive mistake, like I would tell them how awesome it was and how great it is. And I would do a majority of the talking. I wouldn't even be looking for the red flags. I would be like, I want you to work here. So I'm going to sell you on what, what we're about. And uh, it worked, but it was wrong. Like they would come on all jacked and excited, but their reality of my reality of what their job was and their reality of what their job was, was completely different, right? Versus saying, hey, setting proper expectation is going to be challenging, is going to be hard. And then do they still want the job after that? Because if they just want an easy job, you probably don't want them uh, be working for you. So a big thing in that interview process is don't be selling. Instead, you need to be asking the questions. You need to shut up and let them talk. I'll talk through some of the biggest mistakes at the end here. And that's one of the biggest mistakes is we ask questions and then we don't let them actually talk or we try to make it easy on them or we don't allow them to sit in the discomfort of the questions because you ask the questions correctly. They are really uncomfortable and you have to be willing to sit in that discomfort and let that person sit in that discomfort because if you don't, you're never going to find the red flags. Uh, you also need to challenge if there's some things that they said that you like, ooh, I need to dig a little bit deeper. So I'm going to go hard on that. We, we just let it go. We're like, oh, they said that, but I'm just going to let it go. You can't let it go. You need to dig deeper and get to the root of why did that person say that? But it's going to be uncomfortable. It's no different than a, a sales process. You want to get to the pain because when that person's in pain, then you can sell them the solution. But if that person's not in pain, you can't sell them the solution. But a lot of people don't like to sit in the pain because it's uncomfortable. But then you can't actually sell them. So a good interview process is actually highly uncomfortable. Do you have anything to add to that before we move on to step five? I, I was going to say, I think a lot of gym owners will discard sometimes some red flags because they see some positive stuff, some green flags, and then they're convincing themselves. It's kind of like that girl that keeps dating the guys that she thinks she can fix. And so like, yep. I would say, hey, if that is you, if you've constantly hired people and they haven't worked out because you've been a little too optimistic, which can be our superpower, but it could be our kryptonite is that, you know, hey, yep. just a little bit of encouragement. Maybe if I they had a better leader, maybe if this, maybe that. And so, yeah, we, we got to definitely, you know, kind of uh, agree that 90% of what they have, you're going to, you're going to have to like settle that it's going to, it's a package deal. It's going to come into your business and you're not going to be able to change it. You're going to be able to change very little by having better systems, better leadership, you know, a better way of doing things. You're going to get these red flags. And so uh, essentially what you're you know, pointing out here is that this is the time where it's the honeymoon stage. They're at their best for you. They're putting on a front. They're trying to sell themselves. Yeah. It, it could only go downhill from here. Like you, you are seeing them at their at their peak stage. So essentially what you want to do is. I love that you said anti-selling. You almost want to talk them out of it and they're defending their, their selves and why they need to stay in here. Like, um, and that, you know, it, it is just like sales because it is highly uncomfortable, but you got your selling points and then you're also qualifying, right? Is this client good for my service? Is this team member right for me? And essentially, you know, if they're not going to make a decision, you start packing up shop. Okay. I guess you're not going to buy this program. We're on our way. You're doing the same with the with the uh, you know potential team member. What I would say the the final thing I'd throw in is explain to them how you are like very very clearly how you plan to train them and then uh, what is exceeding expectations for you because a lot of times people have questions about training and they just say that like very vague term. Yeah, we're gonna we'll take care of you. We'll get you into training. 
And so explain it to them and let them have a chance to ask questions. Do you have any questions about training? The the one red flag I always have is when I throw the ball to them, like, do you got any questions about the role? You got any questions about our company? You got any questions about the training? And they say, no, that to me is another red flag. It wasn't on the list earlier. How can someone be willing to spend eight hours with you and have no questions? That's like, you know, will you marry me? Sure. I got no questions. Let's do it. They're going to be spending a lot of time in your business. So you want to explain everything, not the pie in the sky. This is our company. This is our mission. This is what we do. This is the day-to-day, which I love is the anti-selling. This is how training is going to go. This is what's expected of you. This is the outcome we want you to get. This is how you can exceed my expectations. Go through it with a nice fine-tooth comb and at every part of those say, do you got questions? And if they don't, again, I think that that's, they're not fully engaged. They're not really as interested. They're looking for the paycheck, not the passion. So uh, I love when people have lots of questions because that means we're having a conversation and I'm not one way selling them and just telling them things, right? So yeah. Hey guys, it's Dustin with the Fitness Empire and I want to share with you an exciting opportunity. All right, myself and Matt Wilbur, we are putting together a Fitness Empire mentorship. So what is this exactly? This is for gym owners who want guidance, coaching and mentorship to get them to the next level of business growth, all right? Now, this is only for people who are actually interested in creating transformation in their clients and in their community, okay? If you're just sales-driven and marketing-driven, we are not about that. We do give you strategies and tactics, but we want to solve the deep-rooted issues within every fitness business that will lead it to be a generational business, meaning it'll be around for decades to come. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then I wanna encourage you to join the Fitness Empire mentorship. And so what you want to do is you want to go to yourfitnessempire.com, read all about the mentorship. And if it sounds like something that speaks to you, then I encourage you to sign up because enrollment is open now. This is not something that we are actively allowing enrollment all year round. We have specific periods where you can join the program. So if that is something that you want to join because you need that help you want to learn from people who have 30 years of combined experience and over a dozen operating gyms then i want to encourage you to come in and work with us so go to that link yourfitnessempire.com and check out to learn more about the program let's get back to the podcast yeah uh, that's just we, what I we definitely save the we save the questions for the end of the interview right because we want to get through like if you if you leave it for questions during like the interview can get way off course and be way too long so we save that stuff uh for the end so obviously every time when we're done we will say hey do you have questions and but that's also to your point what are the questions they're asking or what are their concerns or what are the the things they're thinking about like we've had some home run hires where they go what does winning look like in this position Right. Like what does winning look like for you guys? Because they want to win. They want to do a good job. They want to be great at that position. That's a high performer uh, type of question. Right. So the first interview, if they make it through that. We do a mock interview and a mock is just basically a mini session for about 15 minutes. Uh, if you're doing boot camp, we get them on the mic uh, and really which is really uncomfortable for them because most have never been on a mic before and it's okay we're not looking for perfection we're looking for uh improvement which i'll get to in just a second if you're doing semi-private or one-on-one we have them run a semi-private session so they they are leading a session and what we do is the last mid-morning of the day we ask clients to stay afterwards and and do that session so typically clients don't mind getting a little bit of extra work in but they also like being able to give you feedback and give you their their opinion on that person. Awesome. So we, we definitely we definitely value them for that because they're going to be working with that person. Right. So we want to see what they think from their lens. Hopefully they really like them. If they don't like them, typically we don't like them either. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. Uh, we do equip them. Uh, this is what we want you to do in these 15 minutes. So there is not a surprise. They're not doing a ad hoc uh, thing of their own. And the clients are like, hey, what's going on? Our clients know the mock process better than than they do um, at this point, but we give them exactly what what they need to do. And then one of the things that we're looking for too is what's the effort, the extra level effort that this person does to prepare and be ready for that mock interview. Some of our best hires, they come in, let's just say they have a week between uh, the interview and the mock or a couple of days in between, do they come in and, and uh, 
observe sessions? Do they ask questions? We give them contact of that location's facility leader if they have any questions. Are they trying to do the best job humanly possible inside of that mock? Now, once the mock is done, this is a really important part of the process. And a lot of people will skip it because, again, it's uncomfortable. After that mock interview, uh, typically our team at that location is there and we give that person tough feedback. Even if they do a really good job, which is rare, meaning like they just knock it out of the park the first time they ever do anything, we give them really tough feedback. So the first thing we'll ask is, on a scale of one to 10, you've seen our other coaches, how would you rate yourself? And to, you know, again, we're looking for humility. If a person rates, oh, I did a nine, I did a 10, like obviously they're, they lack a lot of humility, especially if it was not good in any capacity, right? But then whatever they say, pretty much cut it in half. They're like, I think I was an eight. Guess what? You're four, right? And what we're looking to do, and it doesn't have to be that drastic. If they really were like an eight, we might say, you know, we would actually give you a five or a six on that. And then say, here's the areas that we'd like to see you approve upon before the next mock workout. And a lot of people hang on what people say. And people will lie to you, right? So when you give them that feedback, they may go, yeah, okay. And, and they might say positive things and you're like, oh, they took the feedback really well. What's their body language? What's their tone when they're speaking? Because that is what they really feel, right? So if they feel like if their whole body language and their entire energy changes when you give them feedback, they're probably not going to take feedback well when they come in, right? So we want to see how well do they take that feedback. We've had people not come for the second mock especially people that rated themselves really high, think a lot of themselves, you give them negative feedback and their first reaction is, well, screw you guys. And then they ghost us for, for the next mock. And, and a lot of that is because they, we didn't sing their praises, right? But we want people that can take feedback. We want people that are humble, hungry, and smart. If you are humble, you take feedback. If you are not humble, you don't take feedback well. And if you don't take feedback well in an interview where you're at your best, do you think they're going to take feedback when, when they're hired? The, the answer is no, right? So because we ask, like, hey, how well do you take feedback? And, and magically, everyone says they take feedback so well. But now actually give them feedback and see how they, they actually respond because that, that's the truth. Right. So we do that. The next step is step seven. And feel free to interject anytime, Dustin, if there's anything that you no, have. You're good, do. man. Keep rolling. Any gems that you have. So step seven, we invite them back for a second mock workout, unless the first mock workout was a complete disaster and there is no hope for moving forward. We will invite them for a second mock. And really, all we're looking for is did they take the feedback that we provided? Because we give them very detailed feedback. And this is what we want to see in your next mock. Again, even if they did well, there's plenty of things for them to improve upon. And then did they take that feedback and did they actually execute that feedback and make improvements? Because if they can take feedback and make improvements, guess what they're going to do when you hire them? They're going to take feedback and make improvements. If you gave them feedback and they didn't make the improvements, then they don't they don't have a growth mindset and you're going to have struggles of trying to grow and develop them when they come on board. And then the, the second bonus of that too, is just like with the previous mock, how much time and effort and energy did they prepare to get ready for that second mock? Did they come in? Like we've had people that were like, Hey, can I practice on the mic? Uh, and, and they come in and they practice on the mic with a facility leader. How much effort are they putting in to, to get the job because they care and they take pride in, in being good at what they do? Everything is a test. So you, when you go through this enough, you start finding signs of here's what the high achievers do. Here's what the, the people that are the gold do. And here's what the, the non-gold end up doing, right? So that's step seven. Step eight is the, the final second interview, which we do after the mock workout, which again, we start with feedback. And we're looking, we're testing to see their body language and how they accept that feedback and, and kind of what do they say too? If you're giving people feedback and they're super defensive, 
and they're trying to justify what they did, they're going to do that once they become an employee, right? They're probably not humble and they're definitely not smart enough to understand the context of, of where they're at, where this is not a place to be trying to, to voice your opinions and, and why our opinion is not right. Dude, I can't tell you how many people have come in and like tried to tell us how we could improve our business after their like first workout. And I'm like, and it's not that we can't improve. It's that you, you don't even know what we do and you feel comfortable enough to tell the person interviewing that you guys should be doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that, yeah, that, that, that is not good. That person is going to be uh, a hot mess and is going to be finding everything wrong and, and thinking that they're right. Right. So again, the things that they do in that interview, if you look through the lens of humble, hungry, and smart, you're like that. Well, that's not humble. That's not hungry. That's not smart. We don't want that inside of our business. Now, the second interview, the big difference, we ask some similar questions. And one of the reasons why we ask similar questions is because we want to catch them slipping. Did they tell us one thing in the first interview and then tell us something completely different in the second interview? When if you're lying, it's hard to remember your lies because typically in interviews, you don't think that you're going to get asked a, a similar question again. So how truthful were they with what they said before? And now this is the time to dig super deep into any flags, red flags, now that you've had time to process it, now that you've had multiple uh, mock interviews and you've seen them in multiple settings, now is the time to really dig deep on the potential red flags. So if there was anything, now is the time. And again, a lot of people don't do it. They let it go. They they suppress it because it's uncomfortable and they don't want to do that digging deep. But this is hypercritical because... Oftentimes, when you overlook the red flags, those are the things that come back to bite you in the butt. And if you actually do a deep analysis of whenever we miss on a hire, we go, where did we make a mistake? What did we miss? And then typically it's, well, we overlooked this and we overlooked that. And, you know, we knew that this might be an issue, but we decided to to let it slide. And let's just not do that, right? Your gut is typically never wrong. Um, so that is that's the whole process. Step nine is a formal offer, which then can lead into some negotiations, which can be telling sometimes uh, of what requests are or what what they want. But we send them a formal letter, they sign it, and then we start the the onboarding process, which is the goal of the next uh, podcast. I'm going to go into um, a few big hiring mistakes, but first, is there anything that you want to yeah. add on this process? What I want to just point out, guys, is you. this is not an area of business. Typically, if you're a one-off gym, you get a lot of reps in. You know, if you have, let's say, three positions and you hire one person a year, two people a year, and you just don't have a lot of team turnover, or maybe you do, but I guarantee you're still not getting the amount of reps that Matt's getting. Like, he has gone through hundreds of people. So if you're if you do two or four hires a year, you know, like even at the end of 10 years, you've done 40 reps. When you got multiple locations like him and you've rotated through hundreds of people, um, then that that is going to obviously help you get to a very dialed in process. So that's what I want to really highlight here is that this is one of those things that's hard to get good at because maybe the last time you did it was three months ago. And so now you're kind of just scrambling. What did I do? I th- what where were those questions that I asked? And you're like, you're feeling like it's a hot mess. Like Matt literally laid it out for you. So like, if you didn't write this down, go back and re-listen to it, a literal nine step process. I'm just going to recap it before you go into your list, Matt. So a pre-screen resume. So you're just going to read over it real quick and make sure that you're, you know, okay with everything on there. You got the video interview. I love that software spark hire. They have to send you a recording in advance. Uh, then they come in for an in-facility visit, check out the vibes. Uh, a formal interview where you're checking them on core values. Um, from there, you do the mock session where they actually get in and run a session. Um, and then from there, you provide them feedback because then the seventh step is they do a second feedback or second mock session and you see if they took action on the feedback. Step eight is now you do the second deeper because things are getting serious because you know what's coming next is you're going to be making a job offer. So really make sure there's nothing, uh, no, no stone unturned. 
And then if everything's good, you move forward with the formal job offer. So that's me, you know, rapid firing through the nine steps, but Matt definitely did a great job of going deep into them. Um, but yeah, Matt, let's go over the hiring mistakes because that's just as valuable yeah. as what to do is to hear what not to do, right? And then the, the last part, of definitely in the second interview, if you haven't included your team at that point, you want to include your yes. team uh, because you want them to be bought into that, that team member because they're the one who are going to have to onboard them and you want them bought it. And if you made the decision, hey, we should hire this person, like you're then committed to making that decision right versus like you're like, hey, I had no no buy-in. I didn't think we should hire that person. How well do you think you're going to onboard that person? Because a lot of people want to be right, even at the cost of the mission, even at the cost of, you know, it actually hurts them uh, to be wrong in that situation if if we hire a team member and, and it doesn't work out. But if that's the lens that you're going into it with, like that is not where you want to start a relationship, right? So get your team involved, get their feedback. Um, and, you know, ultimately, usually if there's not like big red flags, everybody's on board if we, we've made it through that process. The other thing that I would just include is if you are hiring a higher level person, let's say it is a manager, um, I would take one extra step and I would either take them out to lunch or dinner. Dave Ramsey recommends having their spouse um, come with you as well, because again, Dustin opened up with, hey, their personal life is going to come into your business. So what is their spouse like? Because if they're married to crazy, then this is what Dave Ramsey says, if they're married to crazy, they'll bring crazy into your business. So that person might seem okay, but if they're married to crazy and there's issues on that end, then you're going to have some issues, right? So um, if you're doing a higher level position, I would do that. Obviously, if you really want to dot your I's and cross your T's, you can make that a part of your uh, your process as well. Because again, the more environments that you can get that person into, you're going to really get to know that uh, that the true person, all their different personality types that that we all have. Um, and then also their, their spouse might throw them under the bus, <laughs> especially if they're married to crazy. Uh, we, well, we definitely have had that a few times. One day, right, I was so, going to point this out that actually the uh, Ritz-Carlton mentioned in, in a, I can't remember what book it was, but remember the other benefit of all these steps is people will value the position more when they had to fight to earn it and they had to jump through all these hoops and like, yeah, I got it. If you have a one-step process, how easy is it to leave? Cause you didn't feel like you worked for anything. It was so easy to get. And the reason I was bringing up Ritz Carlton, when they have a general manager running their property, they have to go through over 40 interviews with team members of that property. That's what they call our hotels property. So you gotta meet the cleaning ladies and then the valet and the, the chef. And like, they're all interviewing you, not upper management because you're, they're saying, can I follow this person? And so they have to go through 40 interviews, but they said the average lifetime of a general manager is 10 years. And one of the things that they often bring up is I fought so hard for this job. I'm not going anywhere. I, I am staying here. That was like being in a war zone. So yes, it's nine steps, guys, but it's going to lead to higher team retention, which puts your mind at ease and makes your business more stable. And that's what we want. That's what we're here to do for you guys. So that was it, man. I just want to throw that in. Awesome. So big hiring mistakes. Number one, it may seem simple and it may seem cliche, but listen to your gut. If you have a bad feeling in any capacity and by bad feeling, meaning you are trying to sell yourself and talk yourself into hiring that person, the minute you have to start convincing yourself, I want you to just hit yourself in the head and go, hey, dummy, that means we shouldn't hire that person. Because uh, I've done it so many times and I'm like, I could have just not done that. Right. And, and I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't do it. But for whatever reason, I convinced myself I saw all the good, overlooked the bad. So when you get that feeling and you're selling yourself, just tell yourself, run, not digging deep on potential red flags. I know we talked about that a lot, but again, it's it's a big mistake. So be willing to be uncomfortable through that interview process. You know you're doing it right. Just like in a sales consultation, you know you're doing it right when it feels uncomfortable where you're like, should I really be asking this question? Yes, you should. Unless it's inappropriate. Don't do that. Um, ask questions and shut up. Let them struggle. Don't let them off the hook. Uh, and this is why I can't be in an interview process because I can't do what I'm teaching you. 
I suck at watching people struggle. I suck sitting in the discomfort. I want to get them out of the discomfort. Uh, I recently did an interview with my wife because it was a non-coaching position and they're going to deal directly with me. And she would ask him the question and then I, and I could see they were struggling and I would be trying to like get them. Oh, we, it's okay. We don't need to answer that. And my wife like looks at me like, what the, what are you doing? Like, um, kind of like get out like almost like you shouldn't even be here. Um, and it's true, but that's like, if you really want to make sure that you're hiring the right people, you need to ask questions and you need to shut up and you need to let them struggle. We used to also have an HR person that would finish sentences for people because they they could see they were struggling and they would fill them with the right answers. And it's like, that's not, that's not the point. So ask the questions and shut up, just like you do in a sales consultation. Um, next is don't sell over hype or over promise. If, if you sell like so much and then what they actually walk into doesn't align with the, re- the reality, they are going to be upset with you. They're going to be resentful. They're going to be holding grudges. They're going to say, you told me X, Y, and Z. I thought it was going to be like this. This is not the reality whatsoever. Or you try to make the schedule sound less than what it is or the outside tasks less than what they are. uh, And it doesn't match reality. You've just created a massive issue inside of your business because it's very hard to get that person back if the reason they came on board is because of what you sold them uh, on the front end. So I, I got this from Nick Saban, who's the greatest coach of all time in college football. He said, I know I don't promise people like now you can promise people money, right? He's like, I don't promise money. I don't promise playing time. I only promise opportunity. That is all I promise. If you come and play at the university of Alabama, the only thing I promise you is opportunity. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to work really hard. There's other five-star recruits here that you're going to have to compete against, but there is going to be opportunity and we're going to play for national championships and NFL teams are going to be looking at you. Like that is what we provide at the University of Alabama, where a lot of places, especially you see a lot of transfers and all the things going on because they promise them stuff that they, that don't meet the reality. Like they promise instant playing time or they promise them whatever. Right. And then they actually can't fulfill that promise because they're just trying to get the person on board and they're, they're saying whatever that person wants to hear, but then they, they cause a lot of issues because you use the word team retention. You don't retain those people. And then the next person that promises them what they're looking for, they leave. And now you're looking for another person. Right. So we do the opposite of selling. What you talked about is, you know, we, we'd like to talk about how hard we work here. Right. We do more than any other gym in the entire country for our our clients. We go above and beyond. It's not easy. We're demanding. We have super high standards. We're going to give you feedback. We're going to grow and develop you. You're going to be uncomfortable. Those are like the opposite words of selling. Right. But a players, to your point, a players appreciate one honesty, but they appreciate that it is hard, that they want to come work for the place that is going to provide the very best uh, to their clients. They want to work for places that have high standards. They don't want to go work at the gym where everyone's a donkey, right? Everyone you're going to work with is going to be A players and everybody here is going to hold each other accountable to, to holding a certain standard. They like that. So you're going to attract the right people and you're going to Uh, the other people are going to be repelled by it, right? Like if you're just looking for an easy job and you want cake and you want that, we're not the company for you. And that's what you're looking for. You probably shouldn't apply, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I even talk about that with our interns too. When I go and recruit interns, yeah, I sell them on what we offer them and how we're going to grow and develop them. But I say, if you're just looking for the place that you're going to get your degree and you want an easy schedule and you, you want all that, do not apply to work for us because that is not what you're going to get. You're going to actually get what you need to grow and develop and have the skills that you need to succeed in the fitness industry. So if you just want your degree and you just want your hours that you need for your internship, we're not the place for you. Right. Um, And then ultimately hire for what you're looking for, not what you're hoping for. And you talked about this is, Hey, I think we could with enough time, we could, make that person better or improve this thing that they're they're currently lacking. 
most people, 10% of the population, this was a Harvard Business Journal study, 10% of the population is actually growth-minded. So obviously we do a lot to grow and develop people, but most people, one, they're not self-aware of their strengths and their weaknesses, and they don't even, aren't even aware of what they need to work on. But most people, even if they are aware of their weaknesses, are not going to go out of their way to, to make those changes. Um, so hire them for who they are today and go, hey, is this person, like the character-wise, is this person what we need them to be and can we give them the skills? But if you're seeing character issues and you're like, well, I think we work with them, we can make those improvements, that never happens, right? So hire for what you're looking for, not what you're hoping for, and realize that person that you have in that interview is the person that is walking through your doors on Monday and is going to be the person interacting with your team and interacting with your clients. So I'm an optimist. I know, Dustin, you're you're an optimist. And um, most leaders live in two places, and this is an EOS term, but they have the gap and the gain. So the gap is seeing all the issues and all the problems. I spend a lot of time in the gap. I can see everything that is wrong. I can like you could do 99 things, right? And I will find the the one to two things that you need to improve on and you're doing wrong. And it consumes my mind because I'm always, we need to get better. We need to improve. We need to, and then you have the people that live in the game that only see the positive, only see all the good things that are happening and they live in delusion because they're unable to see uh, the gap, right? They're, they're, they don't address the, the things that are wrong. You need to have both for sure. When you live in the, the gain, it can be a superpower, but it also can be your kryptonite. So be real about the, the things that are the real issues with that person and go, like, can I live with these things in the sense of, are they okay? Or am I compromising standard? Are these things going to be red flags? Are these things going to be issues down the road? Because they will be issues. There is no perfect hire. There is no perfect human. Everybody is flawed, right? So it's not saying, hey, go find a robot that's perfect. That Those don't exist, but there are real issues and real problems that you just can't uh, overlook. So that is the nine steps. Those are the big mistakes. And I promise you, if you apply this into your business, no matter if you're hiring one person a year, we hire probably 20 to 30 people a year um, with this process. It is massively important. It is made a massive impact on my business and my life because when we follow this to a T and we hit a home run, our lives get easier. Our product gets better. The results that we provide to our clients are better, which is what it's all about. You can get time freedom. You're able to do the CEO tasks inside of your business. When you don't do this right, you just go into firefighting mode all the time. You go into reaction mode all the time. And then you go, I wish I would have just followed the process that Matt and Dustin gave me. I wish I did what they told me inside of this. So this is 10 years of experience. This is years of hard lessons poured into you, like follow the process, maybe tweak it just a little bit, but I would encourage you not to tweak it very much because you're going to lose all the benefits from that. Take our experience, go apply it, go find you a rock star team and watch how your business improves, watch how your life improves. Yes. Um, and that's what it's all about. So that's all I got today. Dustin, you want to finish us and bring us home? Yeah. Uh, the the fairy fitness analogy that I'll use is, is a weighted vest. And when you're the business owner, you got a hundred pound weighted vest. You're walking around with all day. But when you hire rock stars, you're taking a 10 pound plate and you're handing it to this person, a 20 pound plate, and it, and then the load gets lighter. And that's what me and Matt really want for you guys, because we know we know what it's like. We know what it's like to walk with the 100 pound vest for years. And we know what it's like to take plates off and to just be able to operate with body weight and not have that all this extra weight. So that's my way of trying to you know make it visual for you guys in your heads. Um, yeah. And guys, we're going to be going even deeper on this in our mentorship. So we are now having open enrollment for our mentorship. It's called the Fitness Empire Mentorship. You can go to yourfitnessempire.com and enroll. And we wanted to make this just such an easy investment for you guys. So to continue with the program long-term, it's $10 a day. 
All right. So we can't make it any cheaper than that. And that is because we wanted to make it not cost prohibitive for every gym owner to get into this program. So that's what we want to point you guys to so that you can continue to get more coaching directly. Me and Matt can learn about your business and we can go and take a deep dive and help you get to that next level. Um, so guys, thank you. Subscribe. We also want to say, give us a review. If this was helpful, we would love to get a review and have your subscription to this podcast because it helps us to get the word out. And we want to one day bring on even big guests on here as well and get to interview them on your guys's behalf so that we can take and extract their knowledge and apply it to gym ownership. So guys, help us do that. Give us a review subscribe. And that way that good old podcast algorithm shows us favor. All right, Matt, thank you for bringing the value today, man. And gym owners, we will catch you next week as we continue the series. Hey guys, before we let you go, I want to share with you the details about the Fitness Empire Mentorship. We are now enrolling for it. And this is something that me and Matt have come together because we are wanting to help the fitness industry, the industry that has given us so much, we want to give back. All right. And that's why we're making this a very, very low price so that all gym owners are not priced out and everybody can enjoy this coaching and mentorship experience. So it, it's only $10 a day, if you can believe it, to join this mentorship program. So if you guys go to yourfitnessempire.com, sign up. What we are here and on a mission to do is to help you to impact lives. Yes, there will be business talk, marketing and sales and leadership and team recruitment. But at the end of the day, we're really going to be looking at clients getting results and client experience. That is the big thing that we want to help you solve. And it starts with you and it goes to your team and it goes to all the systems that you guys uh, use day to day. And we're going to deep dive into all of this stuff in the mentorship. So if that sounds like something you want some help with, again, go to yourfitnessempire.com. We'll see you in the mentorship.